0: you are now listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic unleashed. That's right. You're now listening. Huh? Huh? Achoo! To the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Achoo. 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 For those that believe, God bless you <laughs> yeah you saw the title you know that's what this episode is all about it's about allergies and hey, yo you going hey when i'm just doing the research on this i learned some stuff i hope i teach you some stuff because yo allergies is crazy yo it just can kill you and do all kind of crazy stuff to your body before i get there i want to know how you doing how are you doing I hope this podcast and my voice finds you well and healthy and happy and doing great. You know I mean that. Hit me up. I always want to know. Say, yo, Mike, this is how I'm doing. Let me know how you're doing. Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. Again, that's Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com. That is my email address. I welcome any and all feedback, communication. I'm a communicator. I like to I like to talk to you, I like to hear from you, and I still respond to everyone that reaches out, so please do so, Mike's Opinion Show at gmail.com, let me know how you're doing. So yo, allergies, let's get straight to it, we're not going to talk about the war in Ukraine and Pootie Poot doing his thing, we're not going to talk about COVID-19, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but it seems like it might be over. It seems like it's like mass subsiding. Mask mandates are falling away. It's wonderful, right? Maybe we can have, uh, you know, I was going to say hot boy and girl summer, but I'm a grown ass man. So I don't even feel comfortable saying that. But maybe we could just have a great spring and summer and get back to some version of normalcy. But that's not what today's show is about. Nope. Today's show is about allergies allergies are you an allergy sufferer let me know yo i definitely want to know your strangest allergy reaction stories or if you've seen somebody have a crazy allergic reaction it's not funny it sounds kind of funny but it's really not funny it's only funny if it was nothing you know serious happened to them you know if they you know didn't die or suffer greatly you know because and once again, hit me up, Mike's opinion show at gmail.com, shoot me an email or hit me on any of the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, holla at me. Let me know. Also, while oh, I'm on that note, like, share, subscribe, support the show, please, any way you can. I greatly appreciate that. Do it right now, right now, right now. So I'm an allergy sufferer. I don't have any food allergies unless. You include feeling very sleepy and terribly, terribly bloated sometimes after I eat. Like I am right now. I got to stop eating so much, y'all. Who my wife's a good cook. I'm a good cook. This latest um, joint that we've been eating the last two days because we had leftover tonight, tonight was a copycat recipe from a restaurant who I'm not going to name because I am not sponsored. I'm not saying they name for free. Once again, sports show, please. Value for value. If you got the dough, shoot me a little something. Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. It's all there. And also got my GoFundMe out there. Check out my GoFundMe. Mike's Opinion Podcast needs a new computer. The link is right here in the show notes. Shoot me, um, you know, five dollars, ten dollars, million dollars, whatever. But this 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 Cajun pasta, it's got penne pasta with a tomato-based cream sauce. And, and it's got shrimp and sausage and chicken in it. You know, bell peppers and onions. I shouldn't have had that second bowl. That's what it was. Then we had the, you know, the French bread with the, with the, with the soft butter. Yo. And then my wife and my son, they made a six layer chocolate cake. I ate too much. Why I eat so much? You know why? Because it tastes good and delicious. And I know I digress because this ain't got nothing to do with allergies. But maybe it is. Maybe bloating. Maybe feeling too full is an allergic reaction. But no, it's just a symptom of putting too much food in my face. But it's delicious. Woof. I'm skinny fat, y'all. I'm not fat, but I'm skinny fat. That's how I feel. And as I get older, I just feel like, yo, that shit is a sedative. I got to go hit the couch for a minute and, and just mm, nod out and wake my own self up snoring. You know, but food is so good. Oh, geez. Why is it so good? But I was saying that because I said I don't have any food allergies. My allergies come from the air. Which carries certain plant pollen. You've heard the, the common term hay fever. And ironically, you know, I'm born and raised in New York City, but I live in Texas now. There's plenty of hay, actual hay around me. You see these round and square bales all around the place. Like, like it's real. Hay, hay fever is real. So I understand why they call it that. So every morning, my wife has set us up with a um, like this alert, right? We get this email alert, and it's it's a pollen alert. It's um, called the uh, the personal allergy alert. And today it was at nine point two in the suburb of Dallas, Texas, where I reside, and the top allergens were juniper, oak, and hackberry. Whatever the hackberry is. But we've been rocking around the house two humidifiers. The cool mist humidifier and the hotty hot, you know, warm mist humidifier. And we need larger ones because sometimes we take them downstairs in a larger room. In the bedrooms, they do pretty good. but And they're very effective. And I just want to tell you, if you have hay fever of any kind, if you're allergic to any of these, you know, pollens in the air and you suffer and you prefer to do a more holistic approach, I'm going to tell you what works for us, what truly helps us and reduces our symptoms. Now, before I tell you what it is, I need to preface this by saying I am not a doctor. I am not an allergist. Consult your physician before you do anything. Ever that me, Mike, of the Mike's Opinion Podcast ever recommends to you because I'm not trying to get your shit messed up and your body messed up and you have some kind of reaction and you be like, yo, Mike, you said I should do this and I had hives for eight days. No, no, no. So consult your physician, whoever you need to consult Before you try to do anything that I recommend. I am sharing this information just to let you know for informational purposes only. To let you know what has helped my family. Me, my wife, and my son. Two, actually several things. One of the main things is local honey. Less than a mile from my house. There's a dude that sells honey. My wife found him, I think, on Facebook, maybe, and she's part of this powerful moms group. Yo, shout out to the moms, and shout out to Women's Day. I think today was Women's Day in the United States, so shout out, maybe worldwide, shout out to the woman, You know, can't live with y'all, can't live without you. Love y'all, though, for real, especially my wife, and my mama, and my sister, and and all the, the women in my life. I do, I do, I do. So being the person that I am, I'm like, you found this dude on Facebook. Great. Ask if we can go check out his bees. Because I don't know. I don't know. I need to know. I need to see. Dude agreed. My wife, son, and I, we went and checked out dude's backyard operation. And he for real. He is the real deal. He had like half a dozen Hives, he was rocking. He showed us his whole production operation, how he gets down with it. And he delivers. What? paying by. I ain't never got to see him. Not that I have anything against seeing him. He invited us to his backyard and in his house, which is great. But, you know what I'm saying? And we don't need to see him, you know. Hit him up with the cash app with a Venmo. Boom. He drops it off. Leaves it at the front door. And when we return the bottles, we get a discount on the next joint. I, you know... Unless we did bees ourselves, I don't know how much more local I can do or we can do. But what I can tell you is there's something to it. The local bees go out to and they deal with the local pollen. They're pollinators, right? That's how they make these things grow. Bees are very essential in our ecosystem as far as the reproductive properties of plants and flowers and stuff like that. So... Because they deal with the local pollen, there's something in their honey that helps reduce our reaction to the pollens that are in the air. So if you can find local honey, it may be helpful for you. And to my understanding, there's local honey in virtually every community. And you may want to even start yourself. Because basically, you know, um, we went to go see dude. He has these boxes and there's these like, like. Shelves you just pull out, and the bees are on there, you scrape the honey off of it. you know now, some people creeped out, me being one of them I mean, I could do it when I was visiting him. He gave us the little bee suits, and you know I wasn't tripping, but having that buzzing, you know, I just I could do without it. I'll just say that I'm not really an insect dude, you know what I'm saying. they don't bother me, I mean, I'm not you know shook by them. but they just um. They're different, you know? Insects are insects. Some of them are pests. Some of them are beautiful. Some of them, like bees, are absolutely amazing and incredible. The shit that they do. So, the second thing I mentioned earlier, humidifier. Now, we don't put anything in it, just distilled water. But moisturizing your sexy, moisturizing your nasal passages, keeping that moisture in there helps. A lot. Now, different things we react to. And like I said, when we forget to take the honey, it's evident. And the way I take the honey is just by the spoonful. And sometimes I don't take the spoonful. I just take the jug and turn it upside, flip the cap and turn it upside down. And just, I don't like, to, you know, put the cap in my mouth. I just squeeze it and squeeze the honey into my mouth till my mouth is full and take a big old gulp. And when you do that daily and remember to do so, maybe even a couple of times a day, like I said, it really, it really keeps those symptoms to a minimum. And when you don't, you suffer. And when I say suffer for me, my wife and son, it's the sneezing, the watery, puffy eyes, itchy eyes, the scratchy throat, like a sinus pressure. You just don't feel. Well, you don't feel sick. You don't fever, nothing like that. It's just these, like your whole head is just invaded. You know, you just feel, and sometimes it spreads to the body. You know, you feel a little itchy. You just don't feel like you're 100% self. You know what I'm saying? So, with my my young son, and I, there's a couple other things. If the humidifier is not enough or hasn't been on long enough, we'll hop into the bathroom, close the door, put some towels under the door and run the hot water, and steam up the bathroom. And that steam, it really helps those symptoms, you know, help relieve those symptoms. Uh, another thing we do, if we don't do the shower, we do what I call a hot steam bowl. I get a big bowl, and I fill it up with boiling water. Now, I'm an old school dude. My wife uses a certain very popular coffee machine to do, you know, her uses pods. You know what I'm talking about. I ain't sponsored. I'm not saying it, but to make her hot water and my mom's, she likes to nuke her hot water to make hot water, nuke her water to make hot water. I still use the old fashioned. I have a glass teapot and I like filling it up and boiling water with heat. Old school flavor. Anyway, I put the hot water in the bowl. You don't have to fill it up. You know, a little bit goes a long way. I don't know, maybe three or four cups of water and boil it up and put it in a bowl. And then I put a towel over the bowl with my head, you know, over my head. And then the towel goes down over the bowl. So it's like a mini steam room for my head. So that works well. We also bought this little personal steamer thing, but it seemed like it gets, I mean, too hot, you know, that you put your nose over. It's a little steamer. So, and plenty of water, drinking water, of course. Which is great for all kinds of things. Those are the things that we do because we try to be as holistic and organic and natural as possible. So we do not take pharmaceuticals for pretty much any reason. You know what I'm saying? My my son, like I say, he's 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 almost ten, and he um, he may have had like. A fever reducer, like a, like, you know, you know, I'm talking about, once again, I'm not sponsored, not saying nobody's name. It's kind of hard not to say somebody's name. I almost said it maybe once or twice in his life because he hadn't been, he, it doesn't get sick. He hadn't been sick in almost 10 years once, once. And that's because he was breastfed for a long time. He was, he was basically vegan for, you know, his first, Four, three, four years of his life. He's one of the healthiest people that I've ever met, and I hope he stays that way. Real talk. But these are some of the things that we do investigate it, check with your physician, and if you can implement them, maybe they will work for you too. But as an allergy sufferer, you know, when I forget to really take aim at it and, and do all the things that I need to do, It's miserable. It's miserable. But let me tell you something. When I was researching for this, I was reminded of all allergy stuff that's out there. I'm going to tell you about some really crazy allergies that you may not even believe, but they are true. They exist. But one of the next biggest allergies is food allergies. Now, I can tell you personally, that I don't have any food allergies. I have never had any reaction to any food. And I feel really bad for people that do. One of the biggest ones in school are peanuts. So much so that peanut butter and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are banned, which I think is just wrong. It's wrong. Okay? Because the vast majority of kids are not allergic, but because of one, two, or a handful of kids that are, and they may be deathly allergic. So I get it. I get it. But yo, know, when you a kid, come on, that PB and J, yo, that PB and J, come on. That's serious business. And not to be able to have that at school, at lunch, you know, if your moms and them, your pops, whatever, you know, pack your lunch, you can never get a PB and banana, which I don't really like those. My son loves those, but the PB and J, Sometimes with the strawberry jelly or the grape, you know, ah, come on. It's deliciousness. And I can't have it because little Timmy over there might pass out. It's messed up. I think little Timmy should be able and anybody else should be in the allergic section. And little Shorty, the rest of them can eat their peanut butter jelly. That's just me. I don't think everybody should suffer. Because it's little Timmy in them, you know what I'm saying. But, yo, that's just me. That's just me. So, I got a lot to tell you about allergies. Like I said, allergies are just crazy when you when you really think about it. And when I was diving into the the history of allergies, like I said, I, I learned some things. I definitely learned some things. Now, I'll get to the modern times here in just a minute. Some of the earliest known reports of an allergy, before the word allergy was even coined, was in Egypt. King Menses of Egypt, who died after a wasp sting sometime between uh, 3640 and 3300 BC. Yeah, that's over 5,000 years ago. An ancient report of allergy is that uh of allergies that a Roman Emperor Claudius's son Britannicus, he was so allergic to horses that the rash he developed would prevent him from seeing where he was going. Like his eyes swole up. Imagine trying to ride a horse, you you squinting and sh like involuntarily squinting because your eyes won't swole. That's crazy. Fast forward a little bit, uh Sir Thomas More's account of an allergy is equally as sore because He describes how King Henry III ate some strawberries before an audience with Lord William Hastings. These are popular figures in history, right? So King Henry's, you know, knocking out these strawberries and he developed acute urticaria or hives. He accused Hastings of putting a curse on him and sentenced him to be beheaded. Now, hold on, hold on. Yo. Other than ISIS, I don't think we're getting down with the beheadings no more. But back in them days, off with your head was a common phrase. Right? Like, we was lopping heads like it was the thing to do. So, imagine you just chilling about your day you know, you your, your man is the king, and you just chilling. And he's gnashing, on some strawberries. like, "Yo, these strawberries is delicious." Yo, I'm getting a little itchy. Ah, they ain't breaking out. You're looking at the skin. he got all these big old red blotches. He's like, "Yo, you put a curse on me, homie." Gods, off of his head. Yeah, I don't mean to laugh, but that's just that's just wrong. That's just messed up. So. Not only can allergies kill you if you have a severe enough reaction, but they can get you killed by association. Let that be a lesson to you. You know what I'm saying? Another ancient joint Roman philosopher Lucretius observed overblown responses to common substances and he said, what is food for some may be fierce poisons for others. Yes. But, you know, modern, you know, hay fever, this modern era, um, they really didn't begin until like the 19th century, like the 1800s. But ancient Egyptians believed that respiration was the most vital function of the human body. And this was delineated or, or noted in the Ebers papyrus back in 1550 BC. And that papyrus, let me tell you, man, the Egyptians got down on a whole nother level. because. It had an impressive number of remedies for maladies, including asthma, hepatitis, bubonic plague, dandruff, and more. This is, this is crazy when you think about it, right? The Everest Papyrus is amazing. You know, asthma was considered to be a wadu, WHDW, which is a disorder or foulness of the metu, ducks that were thought to distribute air and water to the organs, including the lungs. And back in them days, that disorder of foulness was what they called if you sick. You have a disorder of foulness upon you. Today, we just say, yo, you sick. You know what I'm saying? You know, thinking about language, you know how people talked around the world, just back in time. So, I think maybe just for fun, I'll say, you know, instead of saying, you know, here's somebody on the phone or FaceTime or whatever, a video chat, they say, you know, are you sick? I'll say, Are you suffering from a disorder of foulness? And see what they said. Like, what, what are you talking about? (laughs) But check this out. In the Eber Papyrus, it describes the use of a special apparatus for inhalation to ease restricted breathing. Now, keep in mind, this is over 30, I mean, yeah, 3,500 years ago. This is over 3,500 years ago. They made an inhaler out of rocks and reeds. That's, yo, that's bananas when you think about it, right? Crazy. So, but let's fast forward to a more modern era. So, in 1906, the term allergy was coined by Clemens von He He's an Austrian pediatrician, and... You know, he correctly deduced that the symptoms of what he calls serum sickness were being caused by the immune system producing antibodies to fight antigens. And this is basically what boils down to what happens in your body. I'm not here to give you a medical lesson, but it's important that you know, which is obvious. I think everybody knows you are having an allergic reaction to something. That's what these allergies are. And it gets, you know, scientific. And and as you know, when I'm doing this research for these episodes, I dive deep and I dive too deep and I get too much information. I have this long sheet. It's great for me because I'm learning. Like I could probably get a degree with just a note over the last, I don't know, almost two years that I've been doing this podcast, just, just researching shit for the, for the shows, for the episodes. I have learned a lot like a lot lot. And I save all my notes. Maybe one day I'll publish them because you know, I you know, I'd say of my research, I might use 30 to 40%. And there's a whole 60% plus of notes and information that I don't use for various reasons. Just like I said, for length really. I don't want to make the episodes too long. But so that happened in 1906. Right? And when you leap into the early 50s with the discovery of mast cells, Uh, these mast cells are found in some of the most sensitive parts of the body, including the skin, blood vessels, and the respiratory system. Mast cells contain 500 to 1500 granules, each packed with different chemicals such as histamine, designed to attack antigens. Now, you heard the word histamine. What we use are antihistamines, right? And they come in a variety of forms, these antihistamines. But it's these chemicals that produce the symptoms of an allergic reaction. And then in 1967, researchers identified immunoglobulin E, otherwise known as IgE, which is a big, is a very, you know, um, well, frequently used term in the allergy community, IgE. And that's the antibody responsible for most Allergic reaction when someone is exposed to an antigen, let's say peanuts for an example, their body produces a specific IgE antibody in a process called sensitization. Sensitization. Excuse me. People that are prone to allergies produce disproportionate amounts of IgE that remain dormant until the allergen is detected again. Then it go berserk, triggering the mast cells to release their allergy allergy causing chemicals. Like, you know, I've said this in many of my episodes, the body, when, you know, you really start breaking it down and thinking about it and learning about, it, man, this body and all of these systems and functions, we're walking like miracles for lack of a better word, regardless what you believe in, uh, you know, or, or just, it's just this magic. This shit is amazing. These bodies that we just take for granted. Do we just take them for granted? Cause we in them, we born in them, we come into these bodies and, Boom, we're there from day one. Every second of the day, unless you know how to astral project or remote view, you know, or something like that, I have out-of-body experiences, then you might leave your body. I think I want to learn how to do that, and I think I've done that. Check out some of um, my uh, past episodes; you can check that out. So, the allergy business just here in the United States is an eighteen billion dollar a year industry. Eighteen. Billion dollars. So they say the money is in the cure, but it's not even the cure. The money is in the relief of symptoms. Keep the disease or the ailment. We don't want you to stop having that, but we want to be able to temporarily relieve you of those symptoms. That seems how like the pharmaceutical industry gets down. They're not really trying to, like, eradicate some shit. They just want the ailment to stay here, but they'll make you feel better with this drug. And you got to keep buying this drug. And this is why they're so rich and powerful. Yo, pharmaceutical company, don't don't come after me. That's all I'm saying. I'll fight back. I'll fight back. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Today, allergies are the sixth leading cause of chronic illness in the United States. Yeah. So some of the most common allergies, I'll go through them real quick. Um, foods. Up to 90% of food allergies are caused by eight foods. Cow's milk. Of course, lactose intolerance, right? Eggs. Eggs. I didn't really know that until doing this research. Fish. Shellfish. Now, that's one, and I feel so sorry for people. I have a couple people in my family that are allergic to shellfish, and I'm like, because I'm a shellfish dude. I like seafood's my number one food. Crabs, like a big, just blue crab, boiled up. Yo, listen. It's delicious. And I don't care what people say. The shellfish are bottom feeders. So what? They're delicious shrimp, crabs, scallops, lobsters. Yo, I yo listen, deliciousness. And side note, lobsters used to be prison food. I don't know if you know that, but check, do a little research, do a little digging. What we have is a delicacy today, and pay mad dough for the tail of a lobster, sometimes the claws, but it used to wasn't shit. Not that terribly long ago. We used to just get it to, it used to be prison food. Prison food. Lobster was prison food. Of course, wheat, that's what gluten is all about. The gluten-free phase. And I just recently discovered some gluten-free pretzel sticks. And I was amazed. Not that really pretzels ever made me feel bloated, but they like they, they like pretzel light, but they not light. Like you get the full flavor and the crunch and the full pretzel stick experience, but you can, you can feel like something is missing. And what's missing is the gluten. And uh, I forgot what the, um, celiac, is it celiac disease? Maybe I think that's what it is. Um, you know, the reaction to gluten, but wheat is another. These are the ones that I'm mentioning now make up 90% of food allergies. Of course, another one is peanuts. I talked about that earlier. Peanuts, peanut butter. There are people like they touch peanut butter and touches their skin, which your skin is your biggest organ, right? And, and they could, they can go on anaphylaxis, which I was going to get to anaphylaxis in a minute, but that's when you have a severe reaction and you can literally die. So I didn't want to appear insensitive to the schools, and ultimately, I guess, the schools had to do that, right? Because it's really hard to watch kids and everything they do. So if I'm a school administrator or, you know, in the education system, just to be careful, right? But, like I said, it does suck for the majority that are not sufferers. But because, you know, this, these peanuts can cause such a severe... Reaction up to and including death. Who wants to risk that? Right? I always try to put myself in other people's shoes and be empathetic. And if I was potentially deathly ill to a peanut, like just living life is hectic because you got to watch, watch out for the peanuts. Peanuts are like hand grenades and shit. So that would suck. So. My well wishes go out to those that are severely allergic to anything, and to those peanut sufferers, Um tree nuts, which pecans are tree nut. Pecan, you say pecan or pecan? Let me know. Mike's opinion show gmail dot com is my email address. Let me know. Pecan, pecan. Yeah, huh? which one are you? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> so, and then uh. Last is soy. A lot of people have soy, and soy is used in a variety of things. So, But those are the top food causing allergies. Animals. Of course, the dander from both cats and dogs contains oils that coat and protect their fur. But those oils can contain proteins that cause allergic reactions. Cat dander is a common trigger for allergic asthma. Carpets, drapes, bedding, and pillows can trap these allergens, such as pet hair, which can cause asthma and allergy flare-ups. So, I sell antiques. I'm in the antique business. It's one of my businesses. Imports, exports, stuff like that. Whenever I'm acquiring new items, a lot of people will mention that said item comes from a pet-free home. And that's very important to some people because... Once again, just like shellfish allergies, I have people in my family that are highly allergic to pets. Most cats, really. And cats are special creatures. For those of you that know that follow me regularly, you know I just lost two cats relatively recently. And it broke my heart. Had them both for 15 years. And thinking about getting some more, but not yet. Not yet. Because start, I want to start with two kittens, of course. And they... Oh, they busy. They're getting all kind of stuff. Literally everything, but they give you so much love. When a cat is fully stretched out and relaxed and purring, there's nothing better. You relax, they relax. And, you know, the Egyptians, going back to the Egyptians we talked about, I talked about earlier, you know, they thought they had mystical powers. And I often wonder if the frequency and vibration from a cat's purr Has some mystical powers. I wonder. I wonder. If you know something about it. Let me know. Hit me up. I greatly appreciate that. So. Another one is mold. Mold. Inhaled mold spores. Can irritate the nose and throat. And cause allergic reactions. Similar to hay fever. Now. I think mold is an underestimated enemy. Because it can form easily and anywhere. All you need is the right conditions, typically some moisture. You know what I'm saying? So watch out for that, for that mole. Dust mites. Now, dust mites, like, are alive. There's these little mites, little creatures, and they feed on bacteria and dead skin cells that are found in dust. And their waste contains proteins that can cause allergic reactions. But how do you fight something you can't see? Right? They're all around us. You probably got some mites on you right now. Like the stuff that's living on your hair and your skin. You don't even want to know. You don't want to know. You just live your life. Just live your life. Yeah, shout out to Rihanna. She's pregnant. I heard about my New York homie, ASAP Rocky. You know what I'm saying? Shout out. I hope they have a very um, healthy pregnancy and a healthy kid. But yeah, you know, they like this, it's this invisible enemy. Keep your stuff clean, y'all. Clean up. But even then, you still can't avoid it. Nothing could save, y'all. Yeah. Medications. Certain medications may cause allergic reactions. One of the most popular ones is well known as penicillin. Penicillin is a common medication that can cause allergic reactions in some people. Some that are in my family again. I know that they are allergic to penicillin, which is crazy because it's supposed to help you. But what is penicillin made of? (gasps) Yuck. Got a few more. Next one is latex. I found out about, I didn't even know this was a thing, that you can have a latex allergy A few, well, more than a few, but many years ago, hmm, how should I say this? I was engaging in adult activity for the first time with a lovely young woman. And, um, we found out that the protection I was using, which happened to be latex, she was allergic to. And it wasn't like an instant reaction but very shortly after the initial engagement is like i feel something that i don't you know what's going on and anyway yeah latex allergies are real i can personally testify to that latex gloves used by medical professionals can cause an allergic skin reaction it comes from proteins found in the rubber tree sap from which latex is made. And this is why a lot of people like the other kind of gloves. You know what I'm talking about. It's rubber-like. It's bugging me. Let me see if I can find it. How fast can I find this? Nitrile. Nitrile gloves or vinyl gloves. That's what I was looking for. Nitrile or vinyl. Another choice other than latex. Now, the next one, I know y'all already know about. This is, this is very common. Stings, insect stings, bee stings in particular. Of course, other ones can have that reaction. But bee stings and bug bites can cause minor skin reactions such as itching and swelling in most people. And people that are highly allergic, allergic, the reaction can be severe or even life-threatening. And when you have a life-threatening reaction, a life-threatening allergic reaction, that's called anaphylactic shock. And I'm going to get to anaphylaxis in a minute. Number nine of this top 10 list is nasty. It's just nasty. And I, I hate to say that I have some experience because I grew up in New York City and I've seen people with them, but it's cockroaches. Some people are allergic to cockroaches and it's not the roaches themselves. It's the cockroach feces that cause an allergic reaction and, ugh, oh. Moving on. The last one is perfumes and household chemicals. Uh, there are there a lot of people that are just sensitive to the scent found in perfumes and air fresheners and room sprays? And they may have an allergic reaction when exposed to those products. So those are the, the 10 things that cause the most allergic things. Now we've come a long way and in diagnosing these allergies, We don't have to do guesswork and heat up rocks with reeds like the Egyptians used to do. Like I said, Egyptians was on a whole nother level. And now if I remember, sometimes I forget, look in the show notes. I'm going to put the links to several of the sites that I used to do this research. And you can dig in for yourself. But now we have the skin prick test. We have the intradermal skin test. We have a patch test. Blood tests, which is specifically the LGE, I mean the IgE that I talked about earlier. And we have physician-supervised challenge tests, which I think is kind of messed up because the challenge tests, they kind of expose you and see if you have a reaction. Who wants to do that? Huh? Who wants to do that? There's several treatments. I mentioned antihistamines earlier, and those can ease the symptoms like itching, sneezy, runny nose, and hives. There's mast cell stabilizers, uh, decongestants, nasal corticostero- uh, corticosteroids, which are nose sprays. You see those nose sprays? Corticosteroid creams, which are ointments you put on you. The oral corticosteroids, which um, you've heard many of them by brand name. Uh Epinephrine. The EpiPen. You heard of that before? We got one on deck. We keep one. We don't really need it, but we may have somebody that comes over the crib and, you know, they have a long shelf life, so it's good to have, and that's basically that shot of adrenaline just boom, and that takes care of you, that helps you, you know, survive, because if your tongue is swelling up, your throat is closing, you need to take care of that swiftly. Cause you could die. People do and have died from allergic reactions, from foods, bee stings, stuff like that. And that's horrible. It's horrible. They also have allergy shots, shots rather, and sublingual immunotherapy, otherwise known as SLIT, which is small doses of an allergen are administered under the tongue. And that's to improve tolerance to allergen and reduce symptoms. Sled is very effective in treating nasal allergies and asthma caused by dust mites, grass, and ragweed. I want to touch base real quick, and I've touched a little bit about it on anaphylaxis. That's when it gets real. You know what I'm saying? And you can, like, you can die. Anaphylaxis can, just can begin to occur in seconds from the time you've been exposed to whatever you're allergic to. And sometimes minutes. And like I said, peanuts, bee stings, things that you're allergic to. Uh, anaphylaxis causes the immune system to release a flood of chemicals that can cause you to go into shock. Your blood pressure drops suddenly. Your airways narrow that blocks your breathing. A rapid or uh, weak pulse. A severe skin rash. Nausea. Vomiting. And like I said, common triggers include certain Foods. Some medication, of course, venom, insect venom, and also latex actually. And it requires an immediate injection of epinephrine, and a quick follow-up to the emergency room. And if you don't have epinephrine, you need to go to the emergency room immediately because it can be fatal. It can kill you. So, get you an EpiPen. Is my recommendation. Once again, consult with your physician. But it can't hurt to have it. Put it in a place where it's not going to move. Know where it's at because it just may save your life. You know what I'm saying? So you might want to do that. Before I wrap this up today, I just, I had to dig and I had to find something that I thought was crazy. I found out that there are some very uncommon allergies. However, they are allergies nonetheless. Now, I had to dig into this to do some verification. I have, based on the things that I've learned, these are actually true. So, there are people that suffer from aquagenic urticaria. aquagenic urticaria. It's a very rare condition where people are allergic to water. Water. You heard that right. There are people that are allergic to water. It causes itchy and painful hives to break out whenever the sufferer comes in. Sufferer comes in contact with water. Once again, it's a result of the body's mast cells releasing histamine, which creates the hive. Changing the water temperature has no impact on the allergic reaction and there's no effective treatment. Although, antipuric lotions or creams can help soothe the itching. Now, hold on. Just for a second. Water? Think about how much we use water. If you are a person that is allergic to water, please reach out to me. Because I want to know what your life is like. Hit me on like I said. On any of the socials. Or email me at. Mike's Opinion At gmail.com I would. I'm so interested and fascinated. To see what your life is like. How severe is the reaction? Do you go through life not touching water? And how does that look for you? How do, how How have you come to. Cope. Living like that. Now. This next one. I thought somebody made this shit up. I was like, there's no way. But after I did some research, it comes to find out that this is true. There are people, wait for it, that are allergic to, wait for it, exercise. And I know you're shaking your head like, yo, Mike, that's some bullshit right there. No, I'm, I'm serious. There are people, actually people, that are allergic to exercise. And this is where I, and I'm speculating, even though I read that this is true. In several places, I'm thinking your mind, your mind got you there. Your mind, which controls us, we have a very powerful brain. It it made you believe that you were allergic. Regular exercise is advocated as part of a healthy regimen, right? But there are few people that have a real good reason not to hit the gym. They have exercise induced anaphylaxis and urticaria. You heard me right. Exercise induced Anaphylaxis, where they almost die, like they have a severe reaction if they see a treadmill. Yo, it's extremely rare, but it's caused by exercise, where they break out in hives, have gastrointestinal problems, and even anaphylaxis. I don't know how you stay in shape if you can't exercise, because you just naturally, like... Heredity and, and, and genetics, like if you're just naturally skinny. But that's, that's, that's crazy, right? When you think about it. Allergic to water and allergic to exercise? It gets stranger. It gets stranger. There are people on our lovely blue ball known as Earth that are allergic to money. Now, this one may not really be that far-fetched. They can have allergic reaction just from handling loose chains. You know what I'm saying? Or jewelry. Um, and the main thing is nickel sulfate. That's what they're allergic to. The nickel in the nickel sulfate in um these coins. And I told my son just today or yesterday, he um got some money from the tooth fairy. Yeah, we still rocking that. Think what you want. But you know, we want to keep him as a kid as long as you can. But anyway, so the two fairy came, laced him with some, 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 some paper, and after he had handled it, I told him to wash his hands because money is dirty. Money, cash, is dirty. It transfers hand to hand to hand, pockets, purses. You don't know what that money, Ben? Money is dirty. Dirty money. So, people. Are allergic to money. Wild. Wild. I didn't know that. I didn't know n- none of these. Water, money, exercise, I didn't know people could be allergic to these. At all. Now I have two more. Right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna switch the order that they're in here on my paper. But the next one is um called solar urticaria. And I don't think I'm pronouncing Urticaria right. But Urticaria has to do with allergies. But there are people allergic to sunlight. I know someone in my immediate family who is allergic to sunlight. They have to cover their body in the summertime if they're outside. Like, it really affects them. And they break out in hives if they're exposed to the sun. Once again, those mast cells, that skin, releases that histamine. To the sun, to the sunlight. Sun is, you know, I don't know this. Back in the day, people used to worship the sun. When you think about the sun, when you feel the sun, you can't really look at it. Yo, you think about this big giant nuclear fireball that never goes out and then burns for eons. That's crazy. That's crazy to think, and it's in this orbit. Yo, I don't don't even, yo. It's amazing. There are people that are allergic to sunlight. So, the last one. The last one, when I read this, I said, you know, if I had potential anaphylactic reactions to this, you might as well go ahead and just, you know, call Doctor Kavorky and put me on my misery and let me come back next lifetime or something. Cause I don't. I just when I think about having life without this, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to continue. It's being allergic to human touch. Allergic to human touch. It's called dermographism, and it means skin writing. And it's people that can actually write their own names on their skin as their touch causes a physical allergic reaction. It's another form of urticaria, and it's often a lifelong condition. Although there are ways of minimizing it, Relief can be found in the form of once again antihistamines which can stop the histamine from causing the swelling. But imagine if every time somebody touched you, you had an allergic reaction. I think about my children. I think about my wife. I just I couldn't imagine not hugging and kissing and touching. I uh, it's human touch we take for granted. You know, you never miss something till it's gone. There's that saying, you never miss your water till your well runs dry. But when I think about things like that, just thinking about Not being able to touch makes me appreciate touching these interactions that we have. That sometimes we get so immersed in this or that or the other. We forget to appreciate and acknowledge these fundamental simple things that we have in life. Don't. Don't take these for granted. Appreciate these these things. These things that we have. If you live an allergy-free life and you are allergic to nothing, appreciate that. Just think for a second what it would be like if you did have allergies of some sort. I wanted to do this episode today because when I I have a list of subjects, I was suffering from allergies at, you know, all the classic symptoms of of what's commonly known as hay fever because I had been slipping on my honey intake and uh, my steam intake. And I needed to get back to that and, and drinking water. You know, I try to drink a lot of water every day, but sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get too busy and I just keep going and going. And I forget to drink my water. You know, water's the nectar of life. Drink some water. If you know where that fountain of youth is at, could you, could you let me know? Some people said it was a certain brand of water, but I don't think so. It could be though. Maybe I might try. I hope you do not suffer from allergies. And if you do, keep an EpiPen near you. You got any form of hay fever? Like I said, check with your doctor first, but that local honey, steam, humidifiers, helps us. I hope you found this at least a little bit informative. And maybe, maybe the EpiPen, if you decide to get one based on my recommendation, it may save a life. It may save a life. I really, really, really appreciate you for listening. Please, I always ask, support the show, please. Like, share, comment, subscribe, like, do all of that stuff on all the places that you can. And if you have the means, please support the show, please. You know, in monetary fashion, check out my GoFundMe, dollar, $5. The link is right there in the show notes, or wherever you're listening. Uh, I greatly appreciate that so much. So uh I haven't decided what I'm gonna do next week, so I'm not gonna tell you. I'm you know I like to I've been starting to do that trying to say what the next show is gonna be. I haven't decided what I'm gonna do yet. Um, looking at these gas prices and all of this stuff that's going on. Who knows? I may just do another update episode for March. But um, I truly thank you for listening. I'm Mike, and this is the Mike's Opinion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to Mike's Opinion. Logic unleashed, unleashed.